Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And we are excited to have Jeffrey Wright here joining us from El Paso, Texas. He's a principal architect with WDA. Welcome to the show today. How are you? Well, I guess I'll survive. I'm fine. <laughs> Great. And uh, the name of the company, the website, I should say, is Wright D. Alban. Is that correct? Right, Dalbin. Dalbin, perfect. W R I G H T D A L B I N dot com. Please introduce yourself to our listeners to start. Uh, you would you might say my name, Jeffrey Wright. I'm an architect from El Paso. How may I be of service? Well, you are a full service architectural firm. Tell us what you concentrate on specifically in your uh, company. Well, you know, uh, when you're in a medium-sized market like El Paso, you don't have the uh, luxury of a large market that you might have in a bigger city like New York or Dallas or Houston or something. And it's there that you people specialize in things like um, hotel architects or school architects or municipal architects. Here we, in El Paso, uh, we take what we can, you know, whatever we can find, really. And uh, a lot of it, so we end up doing a lot of things. Recently, we've been concentrating mostly on multifamily housing, educational facilities, and uh, we're doing also a business park of 14 small buildings. Amazing. So, I think it's important to find out more about you, if you don't mind. Tell me where you grew up, and um, I know you went to the University of Texas, but how did you get into architecture? Tell me a little bit about your background. Well, let's see. Um, I graduated uh, high school in El Paso, Texas. My dad was in the military. We moved a few places. Most of my uh, uh, primary and secondary education were in El Paso. I went to the University of Texas, and I met, I had a, a really good German professor there. Well, actually, I was started in mathematics, but then uh, uh, my girlfriend said, yeah, you, you need to be doing something more creative, so she recommended I go into architecture, and I had a, a friend who was in architecture at the University of Texas, and uh, here I am now, what can I tell you? In Germany, when I graduated University of Texas, there was it was uh, bad times. It was like um, the Arab oil embargo, and there was no work here for architects. I, I went to every architect in Houston, every architect in Dallas, every architect in El Paso. None of them offered me a job. So, um, and literally everyone, at least everyone in the yellow pages back then. Um, so uh, I ended up uh, selling my car and getting an airplane ticket to go over to Germany, where some of my professors had been from. Got the opportunity to work for a, a world-class architect like uh, Fry Otto was his name. We did uh, in the four years or so that I was there. Uh, we did. We got to plan the Muslim pilgrimage to Mecca, and we did new government centers and covered stadiums and that kind of thing. So. That was that was the big time, <laughs> but now I'm just a 
No, I mean El Paso. So oh, the that's the big time. Come on, really. Uh, Got to check out the website, and you can obviously see more of uh, the work you're doing. But let's talk specifically now about um, that work that uh, you are doing. So uh, you mentioned planning, architectural design, construction administration. You have uh, 15 employees, including four registered architects. My goodness. Uh, so today, it was... Uh... 16 employees. I made a okay, mistake. that's okay. So do you want to talk more about theory versus practice? Uh, I know that's on your list today. Well, the reason I mention that is because as uh, we've been in business close to 40 years now, and what happens is every time we get an architecture student, a recent graduate who's never worked in an architecture office before, come and apply for a job, they don't even know what architects do. They have some kind of... Um, uh, notion about what the practice of architecture is from from their university education, and uh, it's not you know there are two there are two fields here. There's there's the theory of architecture, which is what they teach in in schools, architecture schools, and then there's the practice, which uh, in order to become an architect, you have to have take an internship in in an office, and the reason. You have to do that is because they don't teach you anything about how to be an architect in architecture schools. Anyway, that's my that's my observation, and I could be wrong. I <laughs> I have actually been wrong before. Aww. <laughs> well, let me. I don't ask- think I'm wrong about that one though. No, that's okay. Well, also, um, let's continue to talk specifically about the work you're doing. So give me some examples of the architectural work that uh, you mostly focus on. Or is it is it personal? Is it is it business? Is it corporate? Is it, uh, yeah, give me some details. Well, okay. Um, my uh, most consuming project right now is uh, uh, doing a historical remodel of a seven-story building in downtown El Paso. It was uh, uh, where quite a bit of the Mexican Revolution was planned in uh, 2011, but it had fallen into disrepair. So uh, we're doing an historical remodel, and by doing it in in the way the National Park Service and the Texas Historical Commission would like it, we can get quite a bit of tax credits, without which the project would probably not be viable. So... In fact, that definitely would not be viable. But we can get a, a good portion, uh, maybe close to half uh, of uh, tax credits. Half, I mean, half of the cost of the improvements, the rehabilitation. So that's that's one big thing we're doing, and that's that's a, as you can imagine, if you're getting a, a government entity. It takes, um, you have to be dogged, and uh, it's you have to work, they make you work, they make you work for it, that's what I'll tell you. So, you have to read, like, the windows, uh, can you can really replace these 100-year-old windows? Uh, well, you have to prove to us that they're, they're not any good, so we have to do window survey, there's that kind of thing. Another project I'm working on is a typical, uh, like a, a four-story microtel, a small hotel, and a, a new development, and for which we did the planning of the about 20 acres commercial area. And let's see, what else do I do? 
work, working on a this business park that's uh, uh, 14 small buildings from 3,000 square feet to 11,000 square feet in about a, I don't know what it is, a 12-acre site or something like that. And so that's what we do. We, we, we uh, so architecture proceeds in, in steps. So first you try to define the scope of the project. It's called schematic design. And then you do uh, get all the, make sure all the engineering is, is good. So you have mechanical, electrical, plumbing, civil, structural, interior design, sometimes specialists. But, uh, so the, what the architect does is he has to, has to coordinate all those. And they can't do their work until they've got a schematic design. So the architect makes a schematic design, reviews that with the client. Once they agree, the engineers really get to work out on it. You can't tell how big a structural beam is going to be until you know how long the span is. You can't do that without a design, without a schematic design. So Anyway, and then after that, then you do construction documents, which are detailed um, technical plans about how to, you know, how the materials and the, the, the building uses, and they're programmatic. Like if you have a school, there's a certain date you have to be done by, and I don't know, it's a, it's a pain in the como se dice, you know. but that's what they that's what they pay me for. <laughs> by the way. <laughs> Excuse me, but I'm trying to get on the website. I'm having some trouble, so I just want to make sure we have it oh. uh, spelt right here on the on the website. Can you re- spell it for us? www. right w r i g h t d a l b i n. dot com. Yeah, it's not working for me for some reason. Uh, is there? It says well, the connection's private. Is there another way we can contact you? Is there a phone number you want to share as well? Well, our, our office phone number is 915-533-3777. So, and I'm sorry you can't get on the website. It, I hope it's, uh, I'll have to talk to my IT guy about that. That's okay. Is there any other social media pages as well that you want to share? Uh, probably, but I'm not well versed in that stuff. So I think you can find uh, maybe Wright and Dalbin Architects on the various ones like uh, LinkedIn and probably Facebook and maybe Instagram. I, don't, I really don't know. I don't. Okay. All right. Well, we got to take a quick commercial break here, so let's do that. Uh, and again, right. let's come back and talk more about the work you're doing and how you're helping so many listeners uh, <clears throat> with the architectural services. By the way, is it just in the state of Texas, or do you work uh, in other states too? Well, most of our work is regional, so mostly it's in Texas, some in New Mexico, a little bit in, in Chihuahua in Mexico, uh, but we also uh, we also work we've worked for uh, like Balfour Beatty who does a, a lot of military housing and we worked in other states for that too. I think we were registered in about eight or or ten states. I think that means allowed to do business as an architect. 
Okay, good. Well, hold on. Let's take a break, and then we'll be right back. We'll talk more about the work you're doing and how you can help our listeners. Don't go anywhere. If you have unfiled taxes or are in debt to the IRS, this is important news. The IRS just rolled out a new program to help struggling taxpayers more easily resolve their tax problems. It's called the Taxpayer Relief Initiative, and it opens up powerful new options for people looking to get back on the right track with the IRS. And no one knows this program like the professionals at Optima Tax Relief, America's most trusted tax resolution company. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debt for their clients and have the expertise and experience to help you. One easy call to Optima can start the process, helping to put an end to your worries of wage garnishment, asset seizure, and other aggressive IRS actions. Make today the beginning of your fresh start with the IRS. Call the experts at Optima Tax Relief now for your free confidential consultation. Call 800-386-9945. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Are you looking for even more of the podcasts and hosts that you love? The Podcast Business News Network is proud to announce that you now have even more ways to listen live. Check out the MyTuner Radio, Online Radio Box, and Simple Radio apps on iOS and Android, or find us online. Search for Business News Network on MyTuner-Radio.com, or search Podcast Business News Network on Streama.com and OnlineRadioBox.com slash US. Take your podcasts on the go and don't miss a minute of the action. Is there something that you've been struggling with that you just haven't been able to overcome? Are you ready to move beyond the struggle? Hi, I'm Erin Patterson, certified clinical hypnotherapist and master hypnotic coach, and I offer hypnotherapy and hypnotic coaching programs to help clients overcome just about anything. Book a free consultation at www.erinmpatterson.com. That's www.airenmpatterson.com. And let's get started today. Do you want to be healthier? Do you want to have better relationships? Do you want to have more abundance and success in your career? Maximize your potential in this lifetime with Feng Shui. My name is Ayelita Lito. I'm a Feng Shui master. I help my clients achieve all of this and more. Contact me at A-E-L-I-T-A-L-E-T-O dot com. Ayelita Lito.com. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. And welcome back to the show. We're so excited to have our friend and architect here joining us today. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you? I'm doing great. So let's see. From El Paso, Texas, we're talking about obviously the work that you're doing that inspires and helps so many people. Is there uh, a certain niche that you have a favorite? Is there, you know, certain projects that you really like to work on more than others? You know, I don't like to work on many of them. <laughs> <laughs> For me at this point, it's just work. You know, but uh, uh, I, I would think that uh, the historical uh, renovations are more interesting than average because there's so many uh, they're by by far not the easiest but you, there are so many rules and regulations involved in getting the tax credits that uh, um, it's there it's more of a challenge you know it's, 
uh, also, you know, one thing, it's, there's a real big difference in architecture about whether you're working for a public entity or a private entity. If you're working for a public entity where it's spending public funds, you have to be, there are so many people you have to get approval from. Like, for example, we were doing um, regular schools. You know, we've done several of those. And then at the same time, we were doing uh, charter schools. And for us to do the charter schools, which basically they have a, a similar program to the public schools. Uh, charter schools are public, too. Um, the, and then the regular schools. Um, but you could do... Uh, Probably about half cost if you do work for a, a private entity rather than if you work for a public entity because everybody's so concerned about having to uh, answer to the public about how they spent the money. They so much more documentation. And it's, just, it's just more difficult. Well, also, I was reading that um, in your notes that you talked about doing um, uh work in Germany for nearly four years for the uh, Nobel Prize winner? Wait, who's this? Wait, this is impressive. Yeah, uh, Fry Otto was his name. He died here a few years ago. Um, but he was uh, he was extremely innovative. He would do uh, invent new structural systems like cable maps or uh, uh, element grids. I don't know if these words mean anything to you like tents or anti-plastic shapes, saddle-shaped roofs and uh, um, kind of organic-looking stuff. What they, they call that stuff, what do they call it? Uh, biomimicry. And he was big on things like spider webs. And he always had a, a interesting ideas. And he was, he was extremely innovative, and uh, he got rewarded for that. And like I mentioned before, or uh, one of the things we did with him is we uh, planned the Muslim pilgrimage to Mecca, and uh, that was fun because we had a we had an international group working on the on it, and they were Germans, of course. But then I was an American. There was a Saudi Arabian, and there was a Japanese guy and a guy from Brazil. So uh, we had most of the continents covered there. Um, Anyway, that was interesting. We also did uh, things like uh, uh, covered stadiums or things like that. When I got back to El Paso uh, from uh, having worked there in Germany, I wanted to do similar type stuff here, but it's uh, I didn't know how to get clients like that, so that didn't really work out. I struggled for a few years doing that back here, back home. So... Uh, anyway, he's a really interesting guy, Fry Otto, and I was introduced to him by uh, Bodo Rosh, who has SLI uh, engineering, SLI architecture, and he's from Stuttgart, and he had been a professor at the University of Texas while I was there, and he invited us to, I mean, I basically I just showed up, and he took care of me, got me a job with... Uh, uh, Fry Auto. That was interesting. So, and what more can I tell you? What, what more <laughs> might be interesting to well, anybody? 
I mean, clear the, all this experience, uh, you mentioned that, uh, you know, of course, back in the day, a lot of men were in your business, but now you're seeing women in the field, right? There's a lot of women who are coming up and about in the architectural ranks, right? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And in our, uh, let's see, let me count them, one, two, three, four, five, six. We have a, a production room with about six different workstations. And let's see, one, two, three, four of them are filled with women architects or architects to be in architects and two of them are, are uh, filled with uh, men one of whom's a registered architect and one of whom is an uh, intern architect and he the he came he was educated in in uh, mexico he was in juarez and juarez is right across i mean from my porch i could see juarez it, it's i'm probably two kilometers or what maybe two miles or three kilometers something like that from the from the border, my office is, and um, it used to be much easier before one one to cross the uh, international border. You could go for lunch or you go after after work and with friends and get some drinks and dinner. And but now it's much harder. But one thing about the way they teach architecture, and I've taught at the University of Juarez, but one thing they do there is when you graduate school, you're expected an architect. So they teach a lot more about the practical aspects of architecture than than um, we do in in the United States. The United States is almost it's um, so theoretical. It's uh, that and only a little bit of that gets applied in actual practice. But I've been doing this for for decades now, and. Uh, one thing I can advise your audience is if you're going to hire an architect, get one that's old enough to have made most of the mistakes that you can ex- expect to run across. Because, you know, what what um, Will Rogers said is good judgment comes from experience, and experience comes from bad judgment. So that's uh, it's a learning process for all of us. Well, we still have four minutes left in the show today. What else would you like people to know about you and your firm and uh, why they should reach out to you out of anyone else? What makes you unique, would you say? Uh, well, I don't know. We've been doing it a long time, and we, we have, um, we've made most of the mistakes you can make. So uh, it's, uh, if, if there's something that uh, we can help you with, what I'd be most interested in doing is uh, working on projects that make El Paso a better city. You know, because of the uh, proximity to the uh, cartels and so on, El Paso has kind of a bad reputation, but most people don't know that it's uh, has traditionally been, like for the past dozen years or maybe 20 years, one of the top safest cities in the United States uh, in terms of uh, violent crime or just crime in general. Uh but people have an image of it. Like uh, I have an aunt who lives in North Dakota, and she's she's always afraid for me. She says, "Oh no, you're so close to the terrible things going on." And I say, "No, it's it's really safe here." You know. So uh, I, I, anyway, I want to make our city a better city. I want to, and that's been my goal for for years. And uh, if anybody wanted to do a project here, or anybody another place, if you want, but. My goal is basically to make 
life uh, better for uh, those around me. So, and sometimes I actually do. <laughs> sometimes I don't. But I try. <laughs> you try. That's all that matters. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we can do in life, right? Well, I hope so. I hope you can actually accomplish something sometime. Yeah. Aww. Well, thank you so much for being here, for joining us. And again, Jeffrey Wright, uh, here's the architect, principal architect from WDA. Uh, reach out to him at Wright Dalbin. That's W R I G H T D A L B I N. And the office number once again? 915-533-3777. Perfect. And in closing today, is there anything you want to leave for our listeners? Yeah, if they uh, would like to send me any money, I'd be happy to accept it. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Give them a call. Make a donation. <laughs> Love your sense of humor. Did you also, you're also a comedian as well? Oh, uh, I, I'm rarely accused of that, but I like <laughs> Well, I think I like you're pretty fun. funny. Well, thank you so much. Pleasure having you here, okay? And looking forward to the next time we connect. Thank you, Jill. Thank you, Jeffrey. Have a great day. And to all of our listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back with more. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. Adopt U.S. Kids presents Multiple Choice Parenting. Your daughter just had her first breakup. Do you, A, put yourself in her shoes? How could he do this to you? And for Sheila, she, she has split ends. B, console her. Oh, sweetie, this is going to happen a lot. Four, maybe five more times before you get married. C, take charge. Got to get this all straightened out. Keep a little talking to, man to man, mano a mano. Hey, Steve. It's now a good time? No. Okay, no problem. Bye. Or D, help her find a new boyfriend. I know a great place to meet boys. The internet. Nice, single boys. Never mind. How about some ice cream? As a parent, there are no perfect answers. But you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. For more information on how you can adopt, visit AdoptUSKids.org. A public service announcement from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council.